Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Frank Spangler, and this is Worldviews, a podcast that seeks to find harmony between the philosophies and worldviews of religion and science. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Worldviews. In our last podcast, we mentioned how theologians have been going back to the Bible to see if they missed something about what the Bible teaches about people having immortal souls. I know that this seems a little strange when the concept is so firmly embedded into Christian doctrine. Why would they bother checking the work of so many church fathers before them? It seems like This doctrine has been set in stone. How could anyone question it? Well, the reason for the renewed interest in this subject is because of the recent findings of science on the nature of the human brain. Through years of careful research, brain imaging, scanning, and stimulation, science has been able to replicate all of the typical sensations and experiences that people have that convince them that they must have a soul. As it turns out, all of these mysterious, deeply spiritual, emotional experiences that we all have that make us think that we must have souls are really only illusions. Because of this, almost all brain researchers have concluded that people do not have a spiritual entity or souls or any type of energy force that can somehow contain our consciousness and memories that might survive outside of the body when we die. With these published reports of science, most modern-day philosophers have also switched away from the idea of people having souls and have aligned themselves with the latest science. This is why some theologians are going back to the Bible to study this topic they see the potential of a huge crisis of faith coming. Just like back in the uh, 1800s, when the world had a huge crisis of faith, when the presentations and ideas of Darwin about evolution caused many to give up their faith, some theologians are concerned that the same thing may happen again. The more that science can prove, beyond question, that people don't have immortal souls, the more people are likely to give up their faith and confidence in the Bible. And so, some prominent theologians have gone back to the Bible to shore up their faith against the challenges of science. Some have come away from a deep investigation on this subject with an amazing discovery. 
they have found that the Bible, when studied thoroughly on this subject, from the original languages, does not teach that people have souls, let alone immortal souls. <laughs> to say the least, this was a rather shocking discovery. It was not what they had expected to find at all. But in a way, it was a huge relief. If they could just get the Christian world to accept what they had discovered, the coming crisis of faith could be totally avoided. The latest discoveries of science about the human brain and how people don't have souls, as it turns out, is exactly what the Bible has been teaching all along. This is amazing. Modern science, modern philosophy are now just catching up to the teachings of Scripture. We shouldn't have to worry about a crisis of faith at all. The discoveries of science really should be more of an affirmation of faith in the Bible. You know, skeptics like to claim that the Bible gets it wrong from the very first page. But here is more proof that the Bible has gotten it right and science and philosophers are now just catching up to what the Bible has been teaching all along. Joel Green, professor of New Testament interpretation at Fuller Theological Seminary, has made a deep investigation into this. He has written extensively on the subject, and I would encourage the listener to take an objective look at his research. In one of his books, In Search of the Soul, Professor Green states, Until recently, the view of many theologians would have been that the Old Testament assumes or bears witness to anthropological monism, whereas the New Testament supports a dualistic rendering of the human person, body, and soul. Biblical scholars who have addressed the question, on the other hand, are almost unanimous in their conclusion that both the Old and the New Testaments assume or testify to an anthropological monism. In Search of the Soul, page 18. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Professor Green is using some big words here. Anthropological monism. What does it mean? Well, if you were with us in our last podcast, we did talk a little bit about how philosophers uh, have given terms to these two main beliefs about how people are made up. Monism and dualism. And... Uh, basically, in simple terms, what it means is that people who believe that we are made up of just one whole unit are monists. And those people who believe that people are made of two parts, a body and a soul, are dualists. 
The reason why Professor Green throws in the term anthropological here is because he is primarily writing to other theologians, and theologians use these same terms, dualism and monism, to refer to a completely different concept. And so he simply needs to qualify here how he is using the term. He's basically saying this is the type of monism that philosophers talk about, those people who study about people, anthropologists, people who study people. And so this is the anthropological use of the term. And uh, so this is rather amazing. Green is saying basically that until recently, most Bible scholars would look at the Old Testament and say, yeah, it kind of looks like the people of the Old Testament believed in monism. But we know that when we get to the New Testament, people have progressed in their thinking and they now believe in dualism. But now, as they're going back and taking another close look, they're coming away in amazement and shock and shaking their heads. And it's, they're saying, it looks as though people in both the Old Testament and the New Testament refer to people in monistic terms. The Bible had it right all along. Modern science and philosophy are just now catching up and agreeing with the ancient teachings of the Bible. But this leaves us with a rather awkward situation. Even though most modern theologians now agree that the Bible does not teach that people have immortal souls, most Christians today still believe that the Bible teaches that people have souls. Not just any kind of soul, but an immortal soul. And so that kind of brings us back to the very real potential of a crisis of faith to come. Even though the Bible gets it right and agrees with modern science, most people don't know that. When the crisis comes, I predict one of two things will happen in the lives of Christians. When science proves definitively that people don't have souls, I see many Christians simply throwing up their hands and giving up their faith in God and the Bible. Much like what happened in Europe over the teachings of science about evolution. Have you ever visited the empty churches of Europe? People are concerned that the same thing will happen here in the Americas. The other thing that I believe might happen is that there will be another group of people who will dig in their heels and defend to the death what they believe the Bible teaches about people having souls. Without checking to see what the Bible actually teaches, I believe they're going to dig in and cling to a doctrine, even though it goes against science and the Bible. This is unfortunate. What a perfect opportunity to witness to our friends in science.
What an opportunity to testify to the amazing integrity of the Bible. When science and philosophers band together to promote their ideas that people do not have souls, Christians should be standing up and saying, Yeah, we knew that. The Bible has been teaching that for thousands of years. No big discovery. I know <laughs> that uh, there are probably people out there who are listening to this podcast or watching this as a video presentation that might be going through a little cognitive dissonance. What? The people of the Bible didn't believe in the immortal soul? The Bible doesn't teach that people have immortal souls? When you have believed something to be true since a child, it is very difficult to accept anything that contradicts the teaching of our elders, teachers, and church. But I would say, don't take my word for it. Do some research. Take a look at the work of Dr. Green. I'm not a lone voice in the wilderness here. I know that uh, many will want to challenge the findings of Dr. Green and others like him. People will say, wait a minute, my Bible uses the word soul everywhere through the Old and the New Testaments. How can you say that the Bible teaches that people don't have souls? I see it everywhere I read in my Bible. I will address that question in my very next podcast. But until then, just remember that the Bible was not written in English. The Bible that you are reading that has souls sprinkled throughout, has gone through multiple veils of translation. The only way that anyone will ever be able to get a clear view of what the Bible authors believed and taught is by getting as close to the original language, culture, and worldview as you possibly can. Until we do that, we're just looking through Coke bottles as lay people. That is one of the reasons why Bible scholars are coming away from this study as monists. These are the people who are close to the text, to the languages in which the Bible was written. They have researched the culture and worldview of the people from Bible times. And because of that, they are able to see what the Bible is really teaching much clearer. Some may point to the story of King Saul. You remember the one where he goes to the witch of Endor and uh, they say, well, look at this story. That's got to be proof that people back then believed in the souls or spirits of people. We'll take a closer look at that story as well. Stay tuned. Some will say, but didn't Jesus make it very clear what he believed on this subject when he said in Matthew, do not be afraid of those who 
kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. (laughs) I have a presentation prepared on this passage that I think you may find very interesting. The amazing thing about this passage that is often offered as proof that Jesus believed in the immortal soul actually shows that Jesus taught that people don't have immortal souls. Stay tuned for that. Some may point out how when Jesus died, he cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Very interesting statement, and we'll take a good look at that. What about the statement that Jesus made to the thief on the cross when he said, Today you will be with me in paradise? What about the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus told? Some may point to Paul's story about having an out-of-body experience as proof that Paul must have believed that people have souls that can be lifted up to the heavens to see wonderful and amazing things. We'll take a look at that passage as well. Yes, you know, I agree. On a surface reading, many of these references seem to indicate that the people of Jesus' day believed in souls. But as we look at all of these, we're going to do more than a surface reading. It is the close look that makes all the difference. I get it. The proposals of science, modern philosophers, and some of today's theologians are not going to be popular. These ideas go against most world belief systems, as well as the very deep experiences and personal instincts that people have. I know the internet today is teeming with people's testimonies about the things that they have seen when they have had a near-death experience and were then brought back from death through modern methods of resuscitation. In my research, I have watched a lot of these videos. They're fascinating. I have no reason to believe that they are making these stories up. I believe that they actually experienced the things that they describe. We will investigate this phenomenon closely. I know that there are people who claim that they remember past lives that they have lived, or the experiences they had out in the universe in between their human lives on this earth. I know that we all have very deep emotional experiences in our lives, profound spiritual experiences that at times seem to transcend what could possibly be experienced by our bodies or our brains alone. I know what it is like to meet someone for the first time and have it feel like you have known them for a lifetime. I know 
how seductive the concept of soulmates can be. The proposals of old souls is fascinating to think about. The deep connections that we can make with people and loved ones seem to go far beyond brain chemistry alone. I remember as I held each of my own babies in my arms for the first time, it really felt like I was connecting with them on what seemed like a spiritual level. I know that many ethnic minority groups base the whole foundation of their culture and worldview on the idea of a spirit world that is so real to them that they experience it on a deep level every day of their life. I have spent time with many of these people, paddled down the French River here in Canada with a group. I respect their culture and worldview and know that the idea of people being monistic in nature will be a very foreign concept to their thinking. I know that about two billion people living in Southeast Asia base their cultures and worldview on the idea of ancestor worship. I work and travel in these countries. I have lived there. I see the spirit houses in every yard, home and business. I see people feeding the souls of their parents and grandparents, burning incense, worshiping them. I know that all major world religions believe in the dualistic nature of man, including Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, right down to the modern New Age religions that are so popular today. So, you may wonder, why these podcasts? Why not just leave well enough alone? Let people believe what they will. Let people continue in their culture and worldview and their religious upbringing, believing what they have always believed. Why stir the pot? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it really matters that much what people believe about this question. It's not like it could affect their eternal salvation. It's just a simple point of view. It doesn't seem like it's worth worrying about. When parents or grandparents or pets die, you know, it's just easier to tell the children that they have gone to heaven. Let it go. Well, I have tried to let it go for many years, not speak up about it that much. But as each year goes by and science continues with their brain research, we come back to this concern about a coming crisis of faith. And I believe that we need to take a closer look. But you know, I believe that there is something much deeper going on here. If it was just the crisis of faith, I probably would let it go and talk about something else on this podcast. But I believe that there is a deeper issue here that makes it imperative 
that people get the correct biblical teaching on the nature and makeup of people. I'll keep coming back to this concern and build on it in the future, uh, in future podcasts, but for today, in brief, let me just say that it is my firm belief that the idea that people have immortal souls is at the foundation of almost every other deception of the enemy of our God and Creator. The Bible says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He disguises himself as an angel of light. He manifests himself through false teachers and will show great signs and wonders in a concerted effort to deceive the very elect. Jesus calls him a liar and the father of lies. What was the very first lie that the great deceiver told to Eve in the garden? The serpent said to Eve, you will not surely die. And the idea of the immortal soul was born. The Bible says that there was war in heaven, and the devil and his angels were cast down to this earth. Through the centuries, there has been a struggle between the forces of good and the forces of evil to gain the allegiance of all who live on this planet. God invites us all to join his kingdom of perfect love. The devil uses every possible trick in the book to distract people away from God's kingdom to join his ranks. He has been extremely successful in his deceptions. He is a masterful strategist. We even have it on record that he loves to quote scripture as a part of his deceptions. You will remember the time when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness and how he tried to use scripture to deceive. I believe very strongly that the idea that people have immortal souls is at the very root of almost every other deception of Satan. And the opposite is also true. When people accept the biblical teaching that people do not have immortal souls, it protects them. It makes them immune to almost all of the deceptions of Satan. Bible truth is a powerful vaccine against deception. How can we know that the concept of an immortal soul is a deception of Satan? Well, for me, <laughs> the very fact that almost everyone believes in the immortality of the soul across every world religion, culture, and worldview, not only today, but in all past civilizations that we have record of, is a big clue that we see a mastermind at work deceiving people. The fact that the Bible teaches that only God is immortal 
should be our second clue, and there are many others. My firm, passionate belief on the real dangers of the very seductive belief of an immortal soul is the reason I am talking about it on this podcast and stirring up the pot. I hope that you will join me next time here on Worldviews to learn more. So long for now. Thank you.